Hey, brewery lovers. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the podcast. Today, uh, I'm joined, as always, by my cohort. Adam. Thank you, Adam, for saying hi to everybody. Oh, hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, we're here today in Sterling, Virginia, uh, at Rocket Frog Brewery. We're talking to Richard Hartogs. Hello. And r- head brewer, Russell Carpenter. How's it going? And... Uh, we, I'm so excited to be here. I met these guys uh, a few months ago uh, at, the, at the launch party at Meridian Pint for, I can't remember the name of the beer. Uh, Snark Infested Waters. Snark Infested Waters, uh, which was the first collaboration that DC Beer ever did. Uh, and did it with these guys, and I had four or five of the beers and fell in love with all of them, uh, particularly the Brown L that won a bronze medal at GABF this year. I can't remember the name of that one either. I suck at that. Wallops Island. So good. So good. Very uh, good. Very tasty. So, Thank you. Let's get yeah. going. Tell us how you... Okay, so you're a new, relatively new brewery, and we talk to a lot of relatively new breweries because there's a lot of relatively new breweries <laughs> to talk to. Um, but tell us how you guys got started. Like, how'd you get together? How'd you come up with the idea? Just give us your origin story in a nutshell. So it was my uh, twin brother's idea. We had uh, participated in a YouTube blind review uh, TV show on YouTube called Better Beer Authority, and we were doing started doing interviews with breweries like this. Um, and we were at Founders Brewing Company, and my brother just leans in. It's like, hey, let's open a brewery. Like, sure, everyone says that. <laughs> so six years and one week later, we opened. Um, he ended up taking online classes at Portland State University, uh, the business of craft brewing, basically learn how to do a business plan. Can I, let me let me interrupt you for a second because I want to get that. That's a six-year timeline. Yeah. Did did like the next day? Did he start really like diving into this, or was it like like? Uh, I think I think he started doing some research. Um, it took a year to convince his wife. <laughs> that's, um, that, I, okay, that's awesome because yeah. he's been trying for like over a decade. Adam's been trying for like a decade um, at least. And, Still haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> oh man, and uh, I don't maybe go to school for it. No, I don't know. But she, you know, he started doing these classes. They had their first baby, Alice, that same year, and namesake for a couple of our beers. Yes, and um, I was working, running my parents. TV company, and uh, I just was always involved in craft beer, mostly drinking and sometimes these other um, things like Better Beer Authority and Beerhead Meetup Group. So I immersed myself a lot more into the community and in the industry, just learning all I could. Um, now, was this where was this? That was here. That was we're, here. We're, we're locals. Okay, great. I'm not. I'm not. But they are. All right, Russell isn't. But <laughs> all right, so. Right. So we were ready to go. We had the money and the plan for two years before, we, almost two years before we signed the lease. It just took so long to actually get a lease signed. So it was the lease. So you were ready to go. It took you two years to find your find out, figure out where you were going to do this. Yeah, uh, I mean, we we knew Northern Virginia. We we tried Arlington for eight months, and it's it's a bitch to work with. That county, yeah, uh, I'm not afraid to say that about them. <laughs> um, 
let's just say they pitch a car-free diet and it's anything but when it comes to zoning. Uh, uh, Fairfax right. County, we had some good properties and other things, but just the way they run it, we knew you can't get a brewery open in under a year once you sign a lease in, okay. in uh, Fairfax. And Loudoun, just very welcoming. They had their... Uh, and there are a lot of breweries out here. Yeah, it's not that they, you know, they make it easier in that they know what they're doing more so than any other county around here. So, so Russell, when did you when did you get into the picture? Uh, so I came on board August of 2017, I believe. Um, I was working at a brew pub as a head brewer uh, at a brew pub in Massachusetts called True West Brewing Company, mm. uh, and I helped kind of build that and ran that brewery by myself mostly for a year and a half um before that i had volunteered at a, another brewery in um in new hampshire um and yeah i just i applied for uh, a job posting that i found on brewbound that david and richard put up there um my wife had also applied for a job at george mason down here and we flew down here and were both offered respective jobs awesome. kind of on the spot uh, i got to see it was kind of right after they signed the lease for this space maybe like two weeks after they signed the lease that i came down here um and yeah i got to see the space and it's kind of amazing because it's totally different now <laughs> than what it looked like before I mean, it's kind of ballsy for us to sign the lease without a head brewer yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was a little ballsy yeah. yeah i had shipped them some beer that i'd made up there so i think they had some kind of idea of what kind of beer i'd make yeah, but, but you you tried the beer as long yeah. as you tried the he, beer. He shipped us the brown ale, um, which is style I'm not the biggest fan of. But he said he liked making. Once I had it, I was like, okay, I get it. Right, um, right. Well, you've done pretty well here. Uh, in the, okay, so for context, you guys opened in May of 2018. So we're talking to you in February. It's been less than a year, and you've already had some pretty good success with your beer. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so yeah, when we got when we got going around April, um, we had been under construction for about six to eight months, which is actually pretty quick. Uh, the six to eight month turnaround to start construction to the first brew day. Um, I've known many places to take two, three years to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, some of these recipes are kind of adaptations of what I've done before, but it's a different brewing system. It's a, it's totally different. It's bigger. And so, you know, you're kind of, people ask me, Oh, you do test batches, right? And it's like, it's hard to do a five gallon test batch for a 465 gallon batch. And then somebody told me like, Oh, well you were working on a 10 barrel system previously. So that was your test batch. And so scaling a 10 barrel up to a 15 is actually not as hard <laughs> as scaling five gallons up to uh, 15 barrels. So, you know, testing the water with some of the beers, uh, some of them have changed a couple of times. Uh, the brown didn't really change that much, and I enjoy that beer. I think that style is very underrepresented in the market today, and especially especially really good ones. Agreed. I mean, Aleworks Tavern Brown is, is great. Uh, Cigar City's Maduro Brown Ale is great, which also won the GABF medal for Brown Porter. <laughs> and you won, so you won the GABF in 2018, bronze, right? the bronze medal. Right. 
for, for your, your brown ale, right? Right. And that was four months after we opened, which was incredibly exciting. That's <laughs> extremely <laughs> exciting. And it is it is delicious. It really is. It's Thank really you. delicious. I mean, Thank you. The kind of roasted we flavors, you get the caramel, uh, all of that just comes right through. <laughs> yeah. And, Very and well balanced. They too. kind of, yeah, they kind of meld together and yeah. nothing really overpowers the other thing. So, which is kind of what I like to do in making beers. I don't want one thing to just outshine everything else. So you talked a little bit about the system you're brewing on now. Could you kind of walk us through the brewery and the equipment that you have? Sure. Uh, it's a, a three-vessel, 15-barrel system made by Specific Mechanical uh, specific mechanical Systems out of uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, I believe. Victoria? Victoria, sorry. Victoria. Um, three-vessel in, in that it has a mashed lauder ton, a boil kettle, and then a separate whirlpool vessel. Uh, this is great for doing double batches in the same day. So a single batch with cleanup is about six hours. A double batch is about nine hours with cleanup instead of 12. So if you only had two vessels, it'd probably be 12 or 14 hours instead of nine. Nice. Um, wow, essentially yeah. with a three vessel, you could also do three in one day in about 12 hours. Um, cause at each step of the way you'd have each batch in its respective ves- vessel. Right. as it's going through the process. Yeah. And so we have a single uh, one fermenter that's a single turn of the brew house, one 15-barrel fermenter, and then we have four 30-barrel fermenters and two 30-barrel bright tanks. So we could crank out a, a good amount of beer in a short amount of time. So are you guys going to do... Um, is it, The way it looks right now, it's pretty It's pretty much just distribution in kegs, right? Uh, we do have cans. Oh, you do? In distribution. Sorry, I didn't yep. see a, I didn't see a canning, canning space, but you might be bringing in. Uh, How are you doing your canning? Mobile. Mobile canning. Right. So <laughs> uh, Ironheart, Ironheart Canning Systems is the mobile canner around this area. Uh, we, have, we have four brands available right now. Um, Angry Angry Alice, our double IPA. Uh, Silver Sun, which is a single IPA. Um, Capson 5, Hoppy Red Ale. And Whoopi, which is a... An American porter with coffee, chocolate, and vanilla. All right. Give folks a sense of the size of, uh, of the space in the brew house. We'll talk about the tap room in a minute, just because obviously they're, they're visualizing everything we're talking about. <laughs> right. Right. So the brew house takes up about half the space, maybe a little more. So we're total 4,267 4, square feet, and the tap room is 20%. Okay. The space, not including the bar, bathrooms, and office. So the rest, I would say two-thirds of the facility is the brew house area. Right, and so we have about a 600-square-foot walk-in cooler uh, or drive-in because you can drive a forklift into it. Um, lots of space for some oak barrels and kind of some room to expand uh, with, uh, with a couple more fermenters as well. So, yeah, so maybe about 3,000 square feet. How frequently do you do barrel-aged beers? Uh, well, this this is the first one, uh, okay. and it hasn't been uh, hasn't been kegged yet. It'd probably be kegged uh, maybe in about a month, month and a half, and we're going to try to bottle some of it as well. So that's our uh, barley wine, uh, which yeah, which we haven't tried yet. Shame I've, and torment. I've been I've been looking at it, going, I'm I'm going to hold off a little bit longer and and, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and enjoy this best buddy uh, uh, stout uh, before I before I go right on into the barley wine. But not a lot of people are doing barley wines. Well, I don't remember what our reasoning 
of doing one aside for let's someone said let's do one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, that's all the reason you need. And I said okay. <laughs> well, I guess the main the main thing I want to do here is have a beer for everyone. So anywhere from the uh, a pale low alcohol golden ale, pale sour, uh, up to you know the strongest barrel aged barley wine, barrel aged Russian imperial stout. Um, and so, and kind of everything in between. So that, that was the, the mindset that I came in with it. And, and the fact that they take, you know, nine months to sit in the barrel. So you got to get started quickly <laughs> if you want to, if you want to actually have one, you know, maybe for our first anniversary yeah. beer release, you know, nice. um, we also have launch pad members that kind of, uh, have sort of put their faith in us in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, even before we were open. Uh, and so we're going to bottle a special barrel aged batch for them. Nice. Um, which is included with their membership. And so it's kind of something we like that I wanted to do to kind of show our appreciation. Can you tell us a little bit about the Launchpad membership? I'll defer to Richard on this. Okay. So the, the Launchpad is our reserve society uh, membership. Uh, comes with a pretty sweet growler. Last year it was a drink tank. This year it's going to be Shine Vessels out of Richmond. Um, it's got a, a cool logo on it, but more importantly, it comes with discounts for life when you bring that growler in. Nice. A couple Good. bucks. Good. Uh, you get special shirt, bottle opener, glass, um, early access to releases. And when we have parties like our Winter Warmer Fest, you come in early for it. And, and this is this is still available to yeah. people now. The 2019 uh, one... Uh, registration probably ends at the end of February. Okay. Um, it also comes with unlimited high fives, which people collect a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, and a special beer, I guess. So, so you'll see behind me, there's actually a Russian Imperial Stout and a Belgian Triple aging in different barrels. That's a beautiful sight. It is. <laughs> so I know that, uh, Richard, you said that a lot of your influences were, well, Dogfish Head. Um, you said you even have a piece of their bar in the facility, um, as well as the fact that your father grew up in Belgium, right? Yeah. And your brother was in California. A, yeah, a brother of mine moved to San Diego in 2000. So just visiting him, you know, that's uh, one of the big hotbeds for craft beer. One of the original craft beer explosive sure. cities was mm-hmm. definitely San Diego with stone and right. ballast point and even coronado brewing opening in carl strauss you know, <laughs> which is the oldest brewery in san diego i think right um and they just you know that's where the west coast ipa is and that's where i got my taste for those beers and you know every time i was going there you know after russian river opened you know he's giving me bottles of this beer called Pliny the elder and just that was it <laughs> so yeah that'll do it now Russell, did those influences get carried over into how you're brewing beer here? Um, Richard kind of gives me kind of full, like, authority in the back. Uh, he says he says like 90%, I think maybe 99.9. Um, but, uh, I mean, we, David and Richard and myself have similar interests in, in beers and uh, just the, the different varieties that we want to offer. Um, so I think in the beginning, that's when, that's when we kind of hit it off great. 
because we all <laughs> when he said you could do whatever you wanted in the brew house. yeah and and to be honest you know coming from uh the other brew pub that i was working at mm-hmm. the owners there gave me they're like this is your spot you 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 do whatever you do you know this is what we this is what we hired you for right and so it's great to come into another place like that as well well so. i think it's i mean one of the th- people talk a lot about craft beer and what does craft beer mean uh and we've talked to John Hall and other people on this show about the term craft beer, what the Brewers Association means by craft beer, what the consumer means by craft beer. And there's a lot of different definitions. And one of the things that I'm starting to get my head around is the idea that craft beer really starts with independent brewers, not necessarily independent breweries, but brewers who get to go and craft beer. <laughs> if the brewer has that kind of freedom to, to craft a product, then that's craft beer. And so I think that's that's it's 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 good to know that you've had those experiences in 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 your career so far. Mm. I mean, right. the, the nice thing with working with Russell and having Russell as a brewer is, I've Dave and I have full confidence that he could brew almost anything, and so we we could talk most of the times when we influence a beer decision on our end. It's more flavor profiles. How would this work? What do you think? Mm-hmm. But a lot of it stems. I mean, we have an idea of how our beer program is going to be, and we've been on the same page. Um, but he'll come. I mean, he wanted to. He wanted to do a Belgium Dark Strong, but to do that, he wanted to. He had to do a Belgium Triple first to build up the yeast for it. You know, we're game for it. Sure. It's, you know, <laughs> some, you know something that you know as a brewery owner and a beer aficionado. You know, Dave and I don't think like that about you know building up yeast and stuff. So. I mean, we, I think we'd be idiots to not give a <laughs> give a guy like Russell this kind of uh, you know uh, say in in what we're doing. Well, from from everything I've tasted out of Rocket Frog, it's, you've made a good business decision. Yeah, definitely. Because you're you're definitely brewing some some fantastic beer. Thank yeah, you. very tasty beers. Yeah, we just tried the barley wine, which is very very nice. I mean, it's really flavorful it's not syrupy it's not you know you don't get a hot liquor taste at all it's pretty old um, very <laughs> I mean, mellow that, the batch is <laughs> the batch is brewed in oh, may 29th and june and june 16th yeah wow so, um, so well, i brewed, we, brewed a single batch the first time and i was like we're gonna need more because we're gonna get more barrels so yeah. i brewed another one and kind of blended them together you want to tell them about the metal for it <laughs> Oh yeah, no, we just we did, we did just win, we did just win a gold medal, a gold medal for it at a, a small beer competition that, uh, down in North Carolina. Um, well, so. just awesome. a gold medal. Yeah, just a gold. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's. I gotta say, that's that's one of the better barley wines yeah. I've ever had the had, had been able to taste. Thanks. That's yeah. just really smooth and just incredibly flavorful. Oh, just wait till the barrel age come out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say one of, the, one of the yeah. most fun things of brewery ownership, um, it's not all fun and games, but it's going back and being able to try these beers once a week and some, and some days once a day. And just <laughs> like, like the kettle sours, for example, yeah. are really wild because ch- they change dramatically once they're brewed in the fermenter. But with the barley wine, just seeing how that develops over time. Or the uh, Russian Imperial Stout, it was really bitter for the first almost month, and then it just changed, and it's, it's this beautiful, viscous, sweet 
roasty beer now. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It, it is amazing seeing like throughout the process, like what, you know, you're, you're taking sugar water and it, you're transforming it into a beer, you know, mm-hmm. and hopefully, hopefully you have the right proportions of grains and uh, to get the right color and to get the right flavor. And, uh, I feel once you do it a few times on a system, you can, you got, you have your system down and then it's just about the recipe. You got to, you got, I mean, and the way I construct recipes, less is, less is more. It's, it don't make them so complex. <laughs> Some right. people just kind of go over the top with like 25 different grains in a batch and it's just, or, or 10 different hops and you're not going to taste you're not going to taste individual stuff like that. The most complex beer here is the Wallops, actually. Wallops Island Brown. Wow. And it's got 12 different grains in it, which is kind of crazy. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah like the IP, Like Angry Angry Alice has three and three hops. So, so keeping it simple. Yeah. Keeping it simple. Yep. That's good. Yeah, I think a lot of people get a little too complex in what they try to do. Yeah. And uh, it gets hard to really tell those different flavors apart get the different aromas and all of that yeah they kind of all get muddled together and it's yeah it's hard to tell when you have cascade citrus centennial and simcoe in your beer which one's which you know yeah can you really tell can you pick the cascade out can you pick that small amount of roasted barley out of that of that uh you know amber ale or something like that so it's you know and you know maybe i do have i have a phd in biochemistry i mean does that make me a better brewer not necessarily. Uh, I just think a little bit differently than most people. Uh, getting a PhD is all about troubleshooting, and mm-hmm. you, you know, being a brewer or even in any job, you have to troubleshoot something. You know, so it's yeah, it's just it's a great job for sure. <laughs> Do you have anything uh, coming out this year that you want to talk about? Any particular beers or big um, releases? Well, we're going to release our next canning run is uh, beginning of March. So we're going to do Wallops Island Brown in cans and Angry Angry Alice, our double IPA again. Uh, after that, I'm hoping to do some kind of session IPA for the summer. Um, and in maybe mid-spring, uh, dry hop kettle sour and a fruited sour, both in cans. The and of course, Mountain Barrel Age triple is coming out next week. Barrel aged triple and the non-barrel aged triple. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the uh, Belgian triple uh, called Golden Word is coming out next week. Um, the barrel aged version will probably be another three or four months, but uh, and then yeah, in like a month and a half, maybe we'll do the barrel aged barley wine in bottles and draft. Um, and these will these will go out to distribution and be for sale here and then in the tap room. Excellent. All right, let's talk a little bit uh, for the listeners about your taproom space and uh, which, you know, what the experience of coming to visit the brewery is like, because uh, we want people to come out and see the place. Uh, I will tell you from my perspective before you answer the question, it's a nice little, it's very typical brewery kind of space, right? Uh, it's in, a, in, an, uh, in an office park, um, but a nice clean space, nice clean tap room. And a uh, uh, comfortable space to be in, and a lot of nice wood. Tell us, tell so tell us about the tap room and, and the events and stuff that you guys do. So the tap room, I think it starts. Our, our, I'm really happy with our bar staff, and one of the most amazing things to me is how little turnover we've had with our bar staff. Because people tell me that's changes the changes the most. Uh, they're pretty engaging with people. 
and I think that's a great start to the brewery. Um, for that, we you know we we put code hook code and purse hooks all over the place. We have USB ports nice. on the bar against the walls. Every plug. Just uh, I'm just going to jump in because I saw this and I was like really excited about this. Every plug has instead of having the two outlets, it has an outlet and uh, two USB ports, which basically means if you're coming here to work or you need to charge a phone or something like that, you've got 50% more places <laughs> to do that than yeah. you do. So, so that was really good thinking. Yeah, yeah that's uh, great. You know, our thinking was Russell, you know, make sure you come in for the beer and then the tap room, you know, as you say, it's as much as we could do in an office park environment. You know, we did. We, I think, I think we're our different is that we have this blue, two different blues around that are part of our brand colors. Which someone floated the idea around. I, I wasn't sure, but I was like, go for it. Um, but I, you know, we okay. Speaking of brand, can I jump in yeah. here? Yeah, yeah. Aren't frogs green? <laughs> they are. <laughs> but your colors are blue. Yes. I, was I mean, a, okay. everyone, everyone's gonna have a green frog. <laughs> true, 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 true. And yeah, not all frogs, but, in fact. But some of it's a homage well, to. True. But some of it's a homage to NASA. You know, their right. their okay. logo. Their blue okay, logo. let's get there. Let's okay. just go ahead and d- yeah, dive let's right do into it, that. Because this is a great story. I love this story. So, <laughs> you, your colors are an homage to NASA. Your name is Rocket Frog. You got to tell tell the listeners where all that came from. So uh, September 6, 2013, there was a, a launch on Wallops Island, Virginia, uh, our brown nails named after, and a remote NASA photographer, um, when he's going through his photos after launch, he saw that a frog got blasted through the exhaust, um, you know, in the... In, basically photobombed uh, this, this <laughs> launch and uh it went viral and so i was i think the next the week later is when it went out the story happened in a, a really terrible fantasy football season the year before so i <laughs> just changed my name from furious george to rocket frog and um and that was that was it and then a couple years later we, we were going to be in arlington so we were thinking about arlington beer company uh homage to the 1920 brewery that closed mm. and we had some other names and um we're thinking of a lot of personal names and none of them sounded fun so i jokingly emailed david how about rocket frog brewing company he responds sure <laughs> <laughs> and i respond really because we could have a lot of fun with this said, sure and then i had a meeting with loudon county and they were like yeah that's an orbital atk rocket the minotaur five which is our blondale and turns out Orbital ATK is a mile and a half from here. They're now Northrop Grumman. Wow. So, uh, so the rocket that the frog... Wait, one, more, one more addition to this. Um, so that happened at um, September 6, 2013 at 11.37 p.m. Me and David are twins. Our birthday is September 7th. So it's basically our birthday. Wow. So that it all just... That yeah, that came together. Sense. So so I just want to so I got to pull this together. So Rocket Frog, the name of the brewery, comes from the uh, the the frog that got caught in the Minotaur Five <laughs> exhaust at that was launched at Wallops Island, which is your brown ale. So the Minotaur Five is the blonde ale. Wallops Island is the brown ale. And what am I missing? We had a beer called Warp Drive that. The company was on is on warp drive, 
Um, <laughs> oh, wow. A mile and a half away from here. All right. Which is not, uh, and uh, basically, I just thought it was a funny name. It is a and funny name. And that's it. And it's a great story, but I love the way that you've, you've now tied that story into the names of your beer. We talk to a lot of brewers because naming beers is hard. Uh, and, and you guys did a really good job of finding a way to connect, to connect the name of your brewery to names of beers. I think that's great. Yeah, it's great. And then we've developed a great relationship with the uh, rocket scientists over there. <laughs> we sponsor their that's beer fantastic. league hockey team. They... They come and play Nintendo Switch here all the time. And, That's awesome. Um, did any of okay, Russell? Did any of them go to Auburn? Because uh, no. Okay, because there's a lot of rocket scientists I, at Auburn. That's what I went to Auburn for. <laughs> not, not that I know of. Maybe maybe there are some that worked there that went to Auburn. That's a great story. Just the pole frog getting blasted in a in 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 rocket exhaust. Is, I remember <laughs> when that happened. Like I remember the 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 viral stories. I'm, I studied uh, aerospace engineering, so like I see a lot of space stuff. Uh, and I remember <laughs> when that happened, and I didn't. That's that's a great way to name. As a lay person, I have no idea how the frog <laughs> maintained a frog shape in rocket exhaust. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, here's to the frog <laughs> <laughs> that, that named your brewery and probably did not survive that encounter. He might I'd like had, to think he survived, but he's probably died of old age by now. By now, yeah. <laughs> he might have had a parachute. Who knows? No, no, you never know. I've got a video of that on my phone. Do you? Oh, man. i, I got to look at it again. Must have been a contest for him to get into some kind of gang or something. <laughs> I mean, no frog has ever jumped higher. <laughs> it's true. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the tap room. Like, do you guys have, like, game nights? you have stuff that folks, folks could get involved in? We have trivia nights on Thursdays. We just started Nintendo Switch night. In tournaments on um, on Wednesdays, um, so we're we're trying to build the trivia night's pretty good. We're trying to build the game night. Uh, you know, you take over our TVs oh, wow. with that. Um, otherwise, you know, I'm sure we'll have a, a in May our first anniversary party. We had a winter warmer party in December. That was a huge success. That we're going to do again. Cool. Uh, um, otherwise, events kind of we do yoga here and. Uh, probably once a month on Saturdays with eat, drink, yoga. So we're pretty fluid with our events. We, someone says, "Hey, let's do this event." Most of the time, I'm like, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Now you don't really have food here, but I think you have food trucks that come, right? Yeah, we are uh, booking food trucks or pop up stands mostly Fridays and Saturdays. Um, some every now and then Thursdays if there's an event. Um, so in the tech, like last week, we had an art opening. We, if you see the paintings all over, it's one artist named Mike Brown, and we'll switch out this artist for another one probably in two months. And part of it is they have a art opening, draws a crowd. So on uh, special occasions, we'll arrange a food truck. On that, we sell chips and salsa. Um, yeah, we, the simple stuff. Yeah, it, I, I would love to have a food component pretty much every day but without having to actually have a kitchen right running a kitchen is, is hard work right but it's it is uh important if you know you're talking about you're thinking about opening a brewery it's something to think about i didn't realize how big of a factor food options are uh, in people's mind it keeps people drinking yeah i mean that's not 
<laughs> not to imply that people should continually drink. Well, the, the worst part is when uh, a food truck's cancel on us, mm-hmm. and we, you know, if we don't get the message out in time that it's canceled, there's people come in and say, "Where's the food truck?" We're like, "Sorry, you canceled." Like, some people walk right out, and yeah. you know, you feel bad about it, but it's uh, sometimes it's kind of out of our hands. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they cancel, they cancel, but. Um, or, yeah, they, or they just don't show up. <laughs> it's that, yeah, that I know is a bit probably a bigger problem than canceling, um, or at least it, I've, I've experienced that in DC. I'll just say that, okay. just like not showing up, and you're like, "Where are you?" And they're like, "Oh, sorry, <laughs> this other thing came up." <laughs> right. Like, oh, you just you just decided there was yeah. some place where there was going to be more people. You, right. <laughs> you went to the highest bidder, didn't you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I also feel responsible to make sure. If a food truck's going to come here, I want to make sure there's a big crowd. And right. it, oh, you yeah. can't always guarantee that even as much as you want. Because I, I feel bad if they do crappy. Right. It does. Yeah. It does, yeah. No, no, no. It's, but if it's, they do crappy, that means we also did sure. bad, too. I do have one other question. A little out of order here. But are you doing any other collaborations coming up with other breweries um, or other people? We've got some kind of in the works, like preliminary at the moment. Um uh, I'd like to do one with an actual brewery because, <laughs> um, you know, we did the, the Snark and Festive Waters with DCBeer.com and we had a, our first collaboration was with um, Dominion Wine and Beer, nice. and uh, which was a, an IPA with uh, Galaxy and Citra, I believe. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, they, they go well uh, and it, you know, it gets the name out and, the, you know, those were, the first one was really in the beginning because we're like, well, we're brand new. People don't really know where we are, so maybe we can get the word out this way. Um, and it's kind of mutually beneficial to both parties. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to a couple of breweries in the area uh, doing collaboration um, and maybe some other, maybe like small bottle shops or here and there. I'd like to do a homebrew club collaboration at some point. Like, just say... A lot of good ones out here. Say I want... I want to make this kind of beer. These are the ingredients I'd use. The yeast I would use. These are hops. Um, go for it. Yeah. Sign up. Bring them in. We'll we'll judge them and then pick the best one. The winner can come in and help brew it. And That'd be great. Stuff. Um, yeah, there are a you know, ton of homebrew clubs yeah. and they've been around a long yeah. time yeah. in this area. There's a lot of really good, and, like good homebrewers. And I started as a homebrewer, which sure. most uh, professional brewers do. My dad bought me a homebrew kit uh, this past Christmas was 11 years ago, and hmm. Little did he know what monster he created. You know, so, <laughs> well, you're doing it every day now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I homebrew as well, and unlike I said in the last episode, I actually started in 1995, I believe it was. Yeah, you not said 2001. You said 2001 when we talked to Bill Madden. <laughs> I don't know, it was like 2001. Why I, was I, said like, that. I thought it was longer. <laughs> it was about than 95. That. My wife bought me a homebrew kit. Little did she know I'd want to open a brewery down the road, but uh, Every, yeah, she refuses to this day. Um, we'll get you, Alan. We'll get you. She's probably smart and refusing. Let me say that. <laughs> so let's close up with uh, you guys are out here with a lot of uh, a lot of different breweries uh, in this part of Virginia. Um, you're not from around these parts, Russell and and Richard. You are. Um, what are, we'll start with Russell. What are, what are some of the, your favorite beers that you've discovered in this area since you've been down here besides your own, <laughs> which are fantastic? Um, I mean, when I first moved here, of course, you know, it was what almost, I was like eight months before we actually brewed something, uh, on the mm-hmm. big system. Yep. So I was like, well, I need to get a, 
you know, kind of lay of the land, what's, what's out here. Um, and also had lots of questions for other breweries and brewers and brewery owners. And I mean, I'd have to give a shout out to Adrian Whitman over at Ocelot because any questions that I had regarding equipment and stuff like that, he's just like, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. Give me contacts <laughs> of people that I used awesome. um, there. And so their beers, uh, Ocelot makes fantastic beer. Um, yep. Uh, Solace had just opened up, I believe, like what, June of that, of 2017? Yeah. Like uh, yeah. When, when, during they, your interview process, yeah. we went there when they were maybe a couple, a weeks, couple old. weeks old. Yeah. Yeah. So Solace was, is making some good stuff. They're canning like mad right now. Um, Port City Optimal Wit is fantastic. Their porter's great as well. Um, yeah, uh, House Six, which is a relatively new one, opened up about a month after us. And Jason over there makes great Kolsch. Mm. Uh, there's a smoked porter called Smoke Eater, which is like this slightly smoky brown porter. It's I love great. a smoky beer. Um, I mean, those kind of beers, the smoky beers, it, it takes a while to sell them, but you know, yeah. they, they're fine to kind of take three months, four months to sell because they just they don't really change that much, and sometimes they get better. Yeah. Um, Richard, what about you? What are your? You've been here, so you're a native, yes. right? So you tell us, tell us what you. So, so for me, um, it's being inside the Beltway. Like I remember, Lost Rhino just kind of appeared, but I remember like Port City and DC Brow had more fanfare when they opened. I mean, I was always drinking Stone, and I mean, we, we always one thing is we always got decent distribution, Northern Virginia and DC. So right. there wasn't a lack of good beer. Uh, there's a lot, just a lack of breweries outright. <laughs> Uh, I remember like Port City going there it was one of the first breweries and uh, still one of the few breweries inside the Beltway on the Virginia side that you could uh, go to. I remember right. going there um, like the Ultimate It's great. At the time, I was really drinking a lot of porters. So I loved their porter, mm-hmm. um, and then man, I loved their Ways and Means beer. Yeah. Uh, Will Cook was brewing some great stuff. <laughs> I mean, he was one of their brewers at the time there. Um, I loved I. On uh, the wings of Armageddon, you know the big hop head that I am. I thought that was an awesome beer. And then uh, Three Stars came along. I liked their saisons at the time. And then um, I thought Ocelot was a big uh, kind of a, a changer for this area locally, just because their IPAs are so good at the time. And then um, some barrel aged stuff. He start, they started putting out after year one. Uh, their barley wines and then their scotch ale and just great um so yeah so those are awesome awesome adam anything else you want to talk to these guys about no i think that about wraps it up russell richard anything you want to let our listeners know about rocket frog brewery yes (laughs) (laughs) um i'll just come out and see us yeah we're really inviting space uh you know if richard or myself is around we'll give you a tour uh talk talk your head off about beer (laughs) or in my case science or anything else most of the times i take samples out of the tank is when you know i could tell somebody wants to see the back is like cut with me and then i'll uh, you know give (laughs) them a little tour and that's always it's always fun um we're open six days a week Uh, i try to be here when we're open at least four or five of those um i don't know it's it's great we i mean we're kind of beer enthusiasts and evangelists so 
Oh, well, it's just, fantastic. Your beer, I will say, uh, is 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 really fantastic. Like the range of the beers that we've just tried since we've been here and that I've had before, um, pretty much covers the the gamut of what you can get. I mean, it's everything from a goza to a barley wine, and they are all exceptionally crafted. Like they are all really, really good. Like well done. So yeah, very well crafted, you. very tasty. And 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 I got to say that's that's rare to find. Like a lot of a lot of breweries experiment with a lot of different things, but there's usually a couple of things that they're really really good at, and they make some good stuff on the, on the margins of that. But they kind of stay in that lane, which is fine. That's not a criticism. That's brewing is hard sometimes, <laughs> and and knowing what you're good at and doing it well is really important. But uh, but I'm really really impressed with with the range of styles uh, that that you guys are doing at a incredibly high quality. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, listeners, for sitting in with us, uh, talking to these guys, uh, Richard Hartogs and Russell Carpenter at Rocket Frog Brewing Company in Sterling, Virginia. You can find them online at rocketfrogbeer.com. All right. And join us again in two weeks for the next episode of the podcast, which may or may not have a name then. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully we will. And remember, always drink great beer.